What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Mayer-Larry. So yesterday was day two of the MLB draft. I'm going to give you a quick recap of what happened, who was selected, where guys went that I mentioned in yesterday's episode, and then I'll talk about the best plays available heading into day three today of the MLB draft. Yesterday was day two, rounds three through 10, and now today is rounds 11 through 20, once again on MLB.com if you want to stream any part of rounds 11 through 20. So let's talk about where guys were selected that I talked about in yesterday's episode. And we'll start off with Travis Honeyman, an outfielder from BC. He was selected 90th overall by the St. Louis Cardinals. Could have been day one pick, but injuries definitely didn't help him. Was hurt for the better part of the end of the season for BC. Wasn't available for them in the college baseball tournament, unfortunately. And was obviously a big loss in that lineup. But being drafted in the top three rounds is such an honor. So congratulations to Honeyman. He became the 90th draft pick in BC history, and the Joe Vitrano was actually selected yesterday as well. He became the 91st pick in BC baseball history. Vitrano went in the fifth round at 163rd overall to the Los Angeles Dodgers. He became the seventh Eagle to go in the top six rounds in the last five MLB drafts. So very impressive, honestly, there as well. Obviously, Honeyman and Vitrano both a part of that top six round draft pick in the last five years for the BC Eagles baseball team. And for Vitrano, he shows a lot of power and a lot of upside offensively. Can play pretty good at first base as well. Will probably stay there, I'd imagine, at the next level. Good pickup there by the Dodgers in the fifth round. They get a good power bat and good value in the fifth round. Next up is Christian Campbell from Georgia Tech. End up going to the Red Sox in the fourth round with the 132nd overall pick. He was actually a compensation pick for Xander Bogots leaving. He had a very good year this past year for Georgia Tech. He's a second baseman, probably stays around second base, I'd imagine, at the next level. Maybe jumps and plays third base at some point, but I'd imagine as of now he'll stay at second base. He hit four home runs this past year with 24 runs batted in, a 376 batting average, a 549 slugging percentage, a 1033 OPS, and he also stole four bags as well for Georgia Tech. And he's pretty good defensively as well. I think that's one of his strong suits. I got to broadcast actually one of the games when BC played Georgia Tech this year, and he surprised me. He stood out to me when I watched him play against BC. And I probably mentioned it on the broadcast. I probably said he's a very good all-around player. When I watched him play, I said, this kid's definitely going to get drafted one day. I don't know where, but I knew he'd get drafted. And now he goes fourth round to the Boston Red Sox. That's a pretty good pickup there for the Sox in the fourth round. Next up, Travis Ikora. He was selected right away at the start of the third round, going 71st overall to the Washington Nationals. A guy I mentioned in yesterday's episode, a 6'6", 232-pound, 18-year-old from Round Rock High School in Texas. A pitcher, throws 95 to 98 miles an hour as a fastball, can get up to 101 as well. Committed to Texas, so we'll see if he signs and actually signs with the Washington Nationals. But a good value pick in the third round, because he could have went first round and maybe even top 25, and nobody would have said anything about it. So now for some steals in day two of the draft. We'll start off with Hunter Owen who was selected in the fourth round at 106th overall to the Kansas City Royals, a team that's had a pretty good draft overall so far. They get Owen, who's a 6'6", 261-pound left-handed pitcher from Vanderbilt. Actually grew up in Portland, Maine, so he's a local kid from New England. He had a 3.24 and a 4.8 ERA in two different summits for Brewster in the Cape Cod Baseball League. Had a 4-0 record with a 3.52 ERA in 12 starts this past year for Vanderbilt with 76 strikeouts and 64 innings pitched. Pretty good pickup there for that team in Kansas City. And they're building a pretty good team and a pretty good farm system through the draft this year. I'm pretty impressed with what they've done in the first two days of the MLB draft. And hopefully they continue that today in day three. Next up, another prospect that was a steal in my eyes was Maui Ahuna. A shortstop from Tennessee, played two years of Falmouth, 
was a transfer from Kansas, played a couple years in the Cape Cod Baseball League for the Falmouth Commodores, transferred from Kansas to Tennessee, went in the fourth round, 117th overall, to the San Francisco Giants, another team that's had a pretty good draft. Ahuna was the 48th overall prospect, and he ends up going to 117th overall. Ahuna had a very good year for Tennessee, a 312 batting average with a 962 OPS, eight home runs, 42 runs batted in, and a 537 slugger percentage. Also has a very strong arm as well. Pretty good pickup, and he'll probably stay at shortstop, I'd imagine, at the next level. Next up is Carter Graham, a 6'2", 232-pound first baseman from Stanford. He ended up going in the eighth round, 228th overall to the Cincinnati Reds. Graham's been pretty good for Stanford overall offensively over the last couple of years. This past year for Stanford, he had 15 home runs with 77 runs batted in, nine stolen bases, a 315 batting average, and a 949 OPS. Last year in 2022 for Stanford, he had 22 home runs with 79 runs batted in, a 331 batting average, and a 1041 OPS. Did play last year in the Cape Cod Baseball League for Wareham, just had two home runs and a 200 batting average in his at-bats there in the Cape League. But showed a lot of power and a lot of promise offensively his last couple years at Stanford. So that's a very good value pick in the eighth round there for Cincinnati. Next up is Barrett Kent, who went to the Angels in the eighth round just a few picks after Carter Graham went. Kent went eighth round, 234th overall. He was a 126th overall prospect in this year's draft and ends up going in the eighth round at 234th overall. He's a six foot four, 215-pound high school pitcher from Pottsboro, Texas. Has a 91 to 94 mile an hour fastball that gets up to 96. Loves going to his low to mid 80 slider as well. Has great movement on that pitch. Gets a lot of swings and misses according to reports. Great value pick there for the Angels in the eighth round. We'll see if he signs. I hope he does. And last up is Jacob Widener, a six foot seven, 235 pound left handed pitcher from Oral Roberts University. Went in the ninth round. 259th overall to the Kansas City Royals. And the Royals I've mentioned now already a couple times this episode, a team that's had a pretty good draft already in days one and two. Widener goes ninth round, 259th overall. This has got six foot seven, 235 pounds. He's a lefty on the mound and has a similar build and frame to Randy Johnson. And Widener had a very good year this past year for Oral Roberts. A 2-2 two two record on the mound with a 2.9 ERA in 30 appearances, making two starts as well. Had 80 strikeouts and 49 and two-thirds innings pitched and a 1.047 whip. He's a guy that's going to make it up to the major leagues and definitely catch people's eyes in the next couple of years. So if there's one guy you want to keep an eye on, it's Jacob Widener. I think he's going to catch people's eyes. And I think he's going to make it up to the major leagues and be pretty good there for Kansas City. They've had a pretty good draft, so props to them. So now I'm going to give you guys the best plays available heading into day three of the draft. Heading into today, it is rounds 11 through 20. The end of the draft will end today, so round 20. So I'm going to give you some guys that are going to go somewhere between rounds 11 to 20. So there'll be a range here. And who knows where these guys are going to be picked. I'm just throwing out names that I think are the best plays available heading into today. So I'll start off with Jack Payton. A 5'11", 200-pound catcher from Louisville. Hit 12 home runs this past year for the Cardinals with 41 runs batted in, a 374 batting average, and an 11-15 OPS. Pretty good year this past year for Louisville, and also played for the Falmouth Commodores last summer where he hit 250 as a batting average. Next up is Jared Dickey, a 6'1", 204-pound outfielder from Tennessee. Hit 12 home runs, 52 runs batted in, a 328 batting average, and a 917 OPS this past year for the Volunteers. Pretty good player overall. He'll be drafted at some point today. Nigel Belgrave, the 250th overall prospect in this year's draft. 
Still available, a six foot four, one hundred ninety five pound right handed pitcher from the University of Maryland. He's actually from Massachusetts originally, so he's a local kid. His fastball hits ninety six miles an hour. Also throws a pretty good slider as well. Has struggled with with walks though. He does struggle with command a little. Forty three strikeouts to twenty nine walks in thirty three and two thirds innings pitched. Has a one point nine six WHIP and a four zero record with a six point four two ERA overall this past year for Maryland. Had a 3.14 ERA last year for the Bourne Braves in the Cape Cod Baseball League. So he did play pretty well in the Cape Cod Baseball League. But this past year, he did struggle with walks. 29 walks in 33 and two-thirds innings pitched for the Maryland pitching staff. Next up is Christian Curtis. A 6'5", 210-pound right-handed pitcher from Arizona State. He is the 197th overall prospect in this year's draft, according to MLB.com. Still available with a fastball that throws consistently around 92, 93 miles an hour, can get up to 96. He's still available in day three. 58 strikeouts and 64 innings pitched. Has a 4-3 record with a 7.03 ERA and a 1.734 whip. Part of the reason he's still available is the whip, is the ERA, and is the struggling with command. He has good stuff but needs to work on his command. Could be a great value pick, though, in day three of the draft. And keep in mind, there's still a lot of good prospects out there. If you look at years past of who gets drafted in the later rounds, there's still good players available in the 13th, 15th, 19th, 20th rounds. Jim Tomey and Albert Pujols were 13th round picks. Don Mattingly was a 19th round pick. So there's still talent out there. And there's a lot of good top prospects left that are high school prospects that are likely just go to college now, I would imagine. That's maybe part of the reason that some of these guys aren't drafted. And I'll name a few. Cameron Johnson, a left-handed pitcher from IMG Academy. He's a 42nd overall prospect in the top 250 on, on MLB.com. He's still available, probably because he's going to end up just going to play in college. Will Gasparino, an outfielder that I've mentioned now, from Harvard Westlake, California, the 75th overall prospect in this year's draft. He's still available, probably just going to go play college baseball. Tanner Witt, a right-handed pitcher from Texas, the 76th overall prospect. He'll get drafted, I'd imagine, rather early time. Surprised he's still available. Another high school prospect, though. Caden Sorrell, an outfielder from Marcus High School in Texas, the 79th overall prospect in this year's draft. He's still available. Probably honors his college commitment, I'd imagine, now at this point. That's probably what's going to happen with a lot of these guys that are still available that are from high school baseball. And part of the reason could be that they're still available is because they're going to go play in college no matter where they're selected. And that's part of the reason that maybe some GMs and front offices have avoided some of those guys, like Johnson, like Gasparino. And now at this point, the first 10 rounds is where, where you draft a guy, it matters for slot value and for bonus pool money. Now it doesn't matter through rounds 11 and 20. That doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't really matter. So now I'd imagine those high school guys are still available because they'll honor their college commitments. So we'll see what happens. In the next few days, I'll probably sum up what happened in day three of the draft and then maybe give you guys a breakdown of which teams I think had the best overall drafts and then some losers of the draft. I'll give some winners and losers of the draft. Anyways, that will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it and hope you guys have a good one. Thank you.